Sports Arena and his Extreme Rewind, your weekly look into World of Extremes. We look at ECW Hardcore TV, episode one, all the way to 401, with every pay-per-view special, and now ECW on TNN in between. you got myself, Paul, and I'm joined, as always, by Jay. What is happening, Jay? Um, well, on the build-up to Heatwave, we're melting in a heatwave. I thought that. It's perfectly yeah. timed. Almost. Let's build Almost. for an ECW pay per view <laughs> that happened about 20 odd years ago. There we are. Oh, this week we are marching towards Heatwave, marching, I say, gently strolling down by these shows. Yeah. But we're looking at ECW on CNN episode 40, which could be the May 26th, 2000, and Hardcore TV episode 370. May 27th, 2000. May, yeah, so yeah, May 26th, May 27th, as yes. always. Um, we're going to kick it off with ECW on TNN, like we do every week, because that is on a Friday, so it's the show before. It kind of kicks off with um, a black and white video showing the whole Sandman situation. I thought he'd left. I thought he'd left the planet. I thought, I thought that was it. I th- yeah, <laughs> I will remember you. Um, yeah, no, it, it was um, it it was fairly dramatic. It was. I, I think like old school, there was shades of them doing similar promos when he went blind and stuff like that. I, I feel like the black and white Sandman promos aren't. On a new thing, I feel like they're a nod back. If that sort of makes sense, I, I feel we, we've seen this sort of stuff with him before. But um, it was an interesting way to start the show. I mean, maybe the song they originally picked, that obviously we didn't get to see, might have helped tell the story a bit more. Maybe or it might have been or might giving too much credit. So that happened. We got the intro, and then. Um, we had the beginning of an ongoing thing when old Prezak is back. I think last time I saw him, I remember Taz getting pissed off with him. Yeah, yeah he him. kind of pops in now and again, doesn't he? Old, old Dave Prezak. Um, he must work behind the scenes a bit more. Yeah. Well, you know, and he knows he's got hundreds of thousands of ECW freaks all at, it, all at him. So he needs the answers. Yes, sir. And he goes for the answer. He basically finds Justin incredible and asks him if he's got a concussion. Now, you know how... Yeah, I'm really pleased that they've kind of finally addressed this because you know how they've been teasing that for months now, that, that maybe he's he's injured and with a concussion. Yeah. Um, you know, whether this is going to impact him him beating everyone for the championship and defending his title against... Uh, oh, wait, hold on. No, this is out of absolute nowhere. That, that apparently he's he's vulnerable because he's got a concussion. But also this goes back to like, they're worried about him and making a story about it, despite him throwing down tag team belts and being a complete scumbag. Yet New Jack fracturing his skull and brain fluid coming out of his nose, never mentioned. Yeah. I mean, you Tommy know? Dreamer broke his back about a year ago and, you know, you that's it. You often have surgery at some point, don't you know? <laughs> he's going to have to. Nah. Just keep working through. Be fine. It's going to have to. He had a cement block 
broken over his back by the impact players. I remember it. Just a couple of hot water bottles. It'll be all right. A couple um, of Panadol. And he needs like maybe a bit of Tiger Balm. He can't look after beauty of a broken neck. No, we don't know if they're still together in in this world. What? Because um, well, I mean, basically, she. He, Never got mentioned again, and then he was palling around with with Francine, who he may or may not have been sleeping with. It was unclear. Yeah, but we know he's extreme, so he's going to take both of them on. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And not um, speak to either of them. No, just, just because the old Raven, the Raven, innovator of silence. He's silent. The extreme introvert. They're still the one teacher that always regret not making the older. They always wanted to early days for anyone that remembers Griff or you want to do the Griff Innovator of Silence t shirt. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. We actually already did the design for it, but it doesn't matter anymore. We move. Um, so he's asked just incredible. He's super defensive, doesn't want to talk about the concussion. We cut to Simon Diamond talking to himself in the toilet. Um, he's got a problem. Uh, people take him as a comedy act. He wants to be serious. So he's looking for a partner. All his ex-crew keep popping out of different bathroom things. He's pushing them away, saying, hey, I want to be serious. Until Swinger comes out and um, he looks. And um, yeah, they basically look like they sort of form a tag team, even though Swinger doesn't wash his hands. No, but he is busy posing. Um, posing. Yeah. Uh, and it looks doesn't look as if Simon has a problem anymore. Is the is the closing lines to this? Um, the the formation of this tag team has happened in a in a toilet cubicle, um, yeah. and the reason for them being a tag team is because a his name is Swinger and he's from Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. B he just so happened to be taking a shit at the time that Simon Diamond was having this existential crisis. Full gear shit. Well, you know, pretty much nerves. Pretty much nerves, full gear shit. Before, he's probably, he's ongoing feud with Kid Cash, I'd imagine. Yes. I'd imagine that'd be the thing. But yeah, actually, Simon's all right. That's, you know, it's a bonus for looking for taking partners, just hang around and toilets. Then- Joey Styles puts this over as if this is the Mega Powers coming together. You know, the, the, the entire tag team are now on notice. I think it's how the Legion of Doom were formed back in the day. It just came out of the toilet ever so yeah, slightly. Just, yeah, Hulk was having a shit and animal just walked out. And he sort of said, what a rush, and that's all happened. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how we looked beforehand. It was a lot of, uh, before the stall opened. ECW alumni, Hulk. Um, what a get, flush. We get a pay-per-view rematch, Bulls Mahoney and Masada Danaka, because why not? Now, yes. these two, you say pay-per-view rematch, these two had a knockdown drag out fucking hardcore fight at the absolutely named Hardcore Heaven pay-per-view. Which it was. (laughs) However, they've saved the thumbtacks through a table spot 
for the escalation of this match in the TV the week after, or two weeks after. Do you know what? And uh, uh, again, I don't want to sort of fantasy Birkin over it, but why, why are you just why are they just throwing away these sort of spots when it's not even like a heated feud? It's sort of a mutual respect feud. <clears throat> but no, and and that's the thing. So there's a promo later we'll talk about about you know um, Paul's Mahoney being hardcore. Which is lovely, and you know, if you want to be hardcore, then all these, all these, all these shows pretending to be hardcore, and it's cute. And if you really want to be hardcore, then you know, come see me, and I'll tell you all about it. Just fine. I mean, you know, baldies, gangsters, but, but all right, fair enough. Um, so, if you want to wrap this into, I've just put Masato Snaka through a table for, with with thumbtacks all over it. And I like him. I think he's a cool dude. We get on. We drink. And and that's what I'm willing to do to him. But there's nothing. It's just kind of like, you know, and that's what he does. Yeah. I mean, again, like, they don't have bad matches. It's not, it's not a sort of critique on the matches no, and stuff. The I, matches are fine. They're entertaining. So my, my, my issue isn't with the match because I think the match is good. Yeah. And not necessarily with the spots because I, you know, compared to some of the other spots that, that they've done recently that has made me, you know, absolutely wince. I was, I was all right with this one. Um, yeah. It's the escalation for me of you have just done a pay-per-view match at Hardcore Heaven and you're now trying to get it even more crazy as it builds on. Yeah. And it's still not actually a feud. No. It's no. Matches. Um, Sinister Minister is at the back. Starts to talk about Mikey quickly. Big Sal walks in. Grabs him, picks him up, pushing him against the wall, shouting, and Mikey walks in and throws a fireball in Big Sal's eyes again. So this suggests that my confusion last week about the fireball that seemed to burn him when he already had the burns yeah. at the pay-per-view, this, this kind of suggests that, yeah, the timing was wrong and that segment should have been the week before the pay-per-view rather than this way around. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make um, sort of loads of sense, like, timing-wise. Like you said, I don't I don't get it. Because it reminds you of... Um, I don't know. Because I haven't seen him, like, throw a fireball in his eyes before unless I'm massively forgetting. But I thought it could be, like... Do you remember there's a stage where Joel Gertner kept getting a fireball in his eyes? Yeah. They keep getting blind all the time. I don't know if it's a rehash of that, but they're trying to do. So it I think I think this is number three that yeah. I'm aware of. There was the one at the pay per view when yeah. he was already bandaged. There was the one after the pay per view that obviously should have been before the pay per view, and then there's this week's. Yeah. So 
I think there's at least three, but because they're not really telling the story here, I don't really know. I also, you know, just to play an old game that we we haven't played in a minute, um, I don't know who the face or the heel is. Is the heel the huge guy who is threatening the much smaller man and throwing him against the wall and, and you know, threatening him? Yeah. Or the person who's pretending to be the devil who's throwing fireballs in his face and burning him? I mean, yeah. I mean, they're not. Sinister Minister and Mikey seem to be the faces, except in the weirdest sympathy for the devil thing, he is literally the Antichrist corrupting people and stealing their souls. But ECW is always reverse in that of who's the heels and faces. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's some of that that makes sense, and there's other bits where it's kind of like, so I don't know who I'm meant to be cheering for here, rather than just, you know, everyone because it's a cool match and Little Guido versus Mike Whitbreck are good matches. Which I think is a perfect segue into the next segment. Yes. Because next, I think we have probably your favourite bit of the show. As old um, Prozac continues his um, interviewing skills, trying to find out if Justin Incredible has concussion, and he goes to see his old friend Tommy Dreamer. <sighs> yes. And basically says, we haven't heard of you since you lost the title. Blah, blah, blah. What do you know about Justin Incredible? Tommy Dreamer right. gets that. Stop, grabs stop. Him. Wait, let, oh, let's oh. stop there. Because I was interested at this point. Because he is right. We have not had... Tommy Dreamer speak about how he feels about finally winning that championship, not even being able to put it around his waist before it is stolen from him when his ex-manager screws him and the punk who ruined his grandfather's 10-bell salute, amongst other things, stole the championship from him. And we've had it teased yeah. a couple of times with the Baldies and various other things and not it was um, Simon Diamond, wasn't it? With the whole kind of I'm a, I'm a serious wrestler thing. Um, but we'd, we haven't had the opportunity to hear from him. So this is this point where he's going to tell us about the frustration, you know, not being able to, to face um, Credible at, at Hardcore Heaven, having to watch because he got politics out of it. You know, yeah. Credible having ECW by the balls somehow. You know, are we going to have all of this finally? Oh, no. But the thing is, he's done nothing to push himself into a match. The only time he seemed interested in the match is for the three seconds when he was told he wasn't allowed to have the match. But then he was happy to get Lance Storm take the match. 
But, you know, he's, he, he's still full of frustration and anxiety. And you can tell that because he's pacing backwards and forwards in the locker room when they find him, and like smashing into stuff and just, you know, a powder keg of right. Oh, no, he's asleep on the couch. But it's like, it's so. Oh, I just honestly don't know what he's doing. No. Um, so, yeah, that happened. He got OP basically. Dreamer threw him out and he's sitting there saying, Hey, I thought you were a baby face. And yeah, that ends that. Yeah, um, it turns out even the baby faces aren't, um, uh, aren't really into talking to Prozac. Wonder what it would take to get anyone to talk to him. Oh. Um, next up, we have Tajiri coming out. Makes way to the ring, followed by the network, who introduced Scotty Anton. But he's told that he's not fighting Tajiri, and introduced Jerry Lynn. I'm not entirely sure why Jerry Lynn's still sort of doing the network's bidding, as it were. Well, he's not because he swears at them when he gets into the ring. So you know, he's he's this kind of like, is he? Isn't he? And the answer is. No one seems to care if he is or isn't. Mm. Um, he's he's just beaten Rob Van Dam. Ended yeah. the over two year undefeated streak of RVD. Finally, exercised the demons and pinned the guy in the middle of the ring, who he'd taken to a time limit draws, who he could never beat. You know, he's he's got this absolutely huge crescendo of a win. And what's he doing with it? But this is what we said, like, and where it's sad, and, and I think poorly booked. They literally gave him to win, and they sort of took it away from him instantaneously. Yeah. And it's a shame, because it was, it was a level-changing win. It could have been. It could have been. You know, regardless of the situation... He is still the first person to pin RVD in like two years. So it, it should be like a level change and win. And instead RVD just sort of came out and was like, hey, you're a cheat. You know, like I said, and we said despite all the the matches that RVD's won with sort of Van Terminators and Daminators and well, yeah. Van Terminators hasn't happened yet. The Van Daminators. But, um, and Bill Alfonso. Yeah. And and Sabu. So, I mean, you know, let's not forget that's how he won the ECW television championship. With Sabu's yeah. interference on Bam Bam. But um it's just just it's just a shame they took it away from him. Like that. Um yeah, I, I don't understand still... to what point. Because I understand what they're doing. Because the match itself, again, is a good match. Um, oh, it's a great match. So we, we should have had these two feuding a long time ago because they kind of teased a feud, but it never really went anywhere. So it's good to finally actually get some matches between them. And they do have decent chemistry despite having sort of massively different styles. Yeah, I mean, but, there's a spot really, really early in where Tajiri comes off the ropes. Um, Jerry Lynn goes for the leapfrog. Tajiri does a drop kick 
and Lynn basically flies from one side of the room, ring to the other. Um, and, and, you know, it, it looks amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Just kind of like plucks him out of midair and just ricochets him around the room, around the ring. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's clippy and fresh out for your little, but we'll get to that. Um, Spoilers, yes. Oh, so basically, we, we get onto it. And the, the story of the match is, is generally the ending where the network assists Jerry Lynn for the win. And it's whole, did he see him again? Is he aware they're helping him kind of thing? Does he care? Yes. Does he care? Exactly. And then he picks up the win. After it, the network attacked Tajiri until RVD comes out for the save. Scotty Anton takes down RVD, puts in the sharpshooter till Tajiri hits the green mist for the save. Then RVD sort of clears house and takes out the rest of the network. So we did not mention that the reason why Scotty Anton was pulled from this match is because um, oh, he is he's off to the network sex party yeah. um, where he has to have sex with lots of people um, and he has to give them all the clap. I mean, reasons are reasons, you know? Yeah. Um, Steven. And, and and this apparently is one. So he's, yeah, he's got, his, he's got his reasons, and the network approves. So um, yeah, we get we get basically a random Dawn Marie video, which um, is I guess to keep her relevant because they're fully aware that no one they don't know who to put her with anymore. Yeah, so they they tease through both shows, like you know, and we'll hear what's next for Dawn Marie. And apparently what's next for Dawn Marie is um, being in a video package. Literally is, though. That they desperately try and cut Lance Storm out of. Yeah. But they have all the other bits, though, which I don't get. Yeah. There's still be in the intro videos and everything. Anyway, so that happens. Um, Prezak is looking for Raven. He asks him if Justin Crudel's got a concussion. He basically says, yeah, he gave just incredible concussion. Francine walks in, stands in front of Raven, says that he's a loser, um, slaps him around the face. Raven gets up as if he's going to hit Francine. Just incredible comes running in and hits Raven. And then maybe my favourite bit... Yeah, then maybe my favourite bit of the episode. <laughs> hero, hero Tommy Dreamer comes steaming in to get his revenge, goes to punch just incredible, punches the belt... <laughs> <laughs> gets caned and knocked out again. Yes. And I just thought, all this anger he's been plucking up for weeks and he's just been destroyed with one chain shot again. Yeah, after after he punches the belt. Oh, um, the way he punched the belt was so funny. It's like, I mean, this is... this ah. is the, 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 I mean, where he's come from, I don't know, because Raven's sitting in a cupboard when he's found. Yeah. Um, so why Tommy Dream is suddenly walking past and decides to get involved not clear um but yeah the innovator of violence the hardcore legend who um hurts his hand while punching a belt um and that's that's enough to uh to uh yeah yeah i mean remember the triple table through the eagle from the eagle's nest of course you know and all the stuff he got laid out by primetime brian lee and was back the week after after being stretched out should have gotten to, to smack his hand on the belt. He would have been gone for days. 
<sighs> so that happens. That's how the show ends. Which takes us swiftly into Hardcore TV, episode 370 from May the 27th, 2000. The show kicks in with the Baldies making their entrance. We then go to the intro. We then get to see the Praiser trying to find Justin Credible on TNN again. We then go back to the ring, and it's Chetty, Nova, and Cash versus the Baldies. Yes. Uh, what do you think of this match? Enjoying it was the fine. Line. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. It was it was you know, the Baldies kind of feel weird working with anyone but New Jack. Although I'm pleased to see him working with anyone but New Jack. Um, it seems weird that whenever they seem to face anyone but New Jack, they lose. Yeah. Which I always find weird. But my, my thing is, with this, is um, they mentioned it for like a sentence later on in the show. But despite what Just Incredible did, they're like holding up these tag team titles for ransom now. They're not doing anything with them. And this this could have been like a tag team title match. It would have suddenly just been accepted. Yeah, I mean, what what's interesting Ignoring is ignoring the six people, just you know, two on two. But yeah, but you've got to think that the Baldies are probably the hottest tag team they have at the moment. Um, but yeah, it is. It as an afterthought, it's like oh, and we still don't have tag champs. I mean, if you wanted to keep the Baldies New Jack feud fresh and ongoing forever, which feels like they do. Kevin, the Baldies are winning the tag team titles, Angel and DeVito say, and then New Jack forever trying to find a tag team partner to help him beat him for the belts. And eventually you bring out Balls Mahoney or whatever, or whoever. And it sort of goes along like that. Yeah. And, I mean, and you go back to old school gangsters, Dudley Boys style tag team title matches for a period. But, um, yeah, that's just a six-man that Chetty, Nova and Cash win thanks to the Tidal Wave, which obviously a splash leg drop simultaneously off the top. It's good, I mean. Chetty and Nova, they've never really spoken about the tag team title match, but they're always picking up wins and should be heavily in the in the mix, probably more so than Dora and Roadkill, in my opinion. Well, Dora and Roadkill did win the number one contenders match. And Chetty and Nova uh, did lose a lot of times to the Impact players. players. True, yeah. True. Uh, we get the Simon Diamond Toilet segment where we have Swinger. We know about that. We have a brief talk about them having no tag team champions. But that's as far as it goes. They just say, just incredible through down the belt. Now we're going to be tag team champions. They don't really stress that they need a plan or they need the belts back. To They just literally just see it until they're gone. Which is fine. Um... We have the Dreamer segment where basically he's meant to be a face and he's not and he throws Prezak out the room. We then get the unwatchable clip of Rhino Gorin, Laurie Fullerton, Sandman again. So unwatchable they couldn't show it on pay-per-view again. And they've seen it on every TV show since. Um... This this bit now confused me because Cyrus is on his way to the ring and he basically comes to the ring and he says they can't stop him. He works for the network. Even though this show isn't even on that network. Yep. So surely 
this, this, let's say this is on Sunshine or wherever it used to be. On. Move on, move on. Yeah, no, if you're right. Someone, but, but... someone from TNN walked out, you'd just be like, fuck this guy. Yeah, I mean, you are in every other part of your commentary. So why you wouldn't legitimately... But, I mean, it's, it's the same logic on their pay-per-views. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you want to break down this segment? Um, so he names a new number one contender for the, the, the TV championship. Yeah. However, the new number one contender is also part of the network. And what that means is if you want to go and get to Rhino, you have to go through the number one contender, uh, which is lovely. And I'm trying to remember his name and trying to click through to remember his name. Yeah, so basically, Kanamura from FMW comes over. Oh, that's there. Yeah. Who, who we know and, because um, we saw him choke out, was it Gertner? couple of uh, the pay-per-view yeah, yeah yeah but again it feels like <sighs> honestly if it wasn't for literal bits I, I feel like we'd watch these in the wrong order you know yes because again this would feel like before the pay-per-view despite obviously you know Rhino because no, Rhino was the champion getting into the pay-per-view yeah so I don't, it's just so weird that he comes out of nowhere, not described as any part of anything, takes out Joe, but this, if this happened beforehand, it would have made more sense for him to be there and and help. So it almost feels like this is all before, because Stanman could have still beaten him before and still got his title match. Yep. Oh, so confusing. But the good news is that the Sandman comes out. Yeah. Beats him. Yeah. And he, that means he can challenge again, Rhino. Um, now, the Sandman's arc here is that he's pissed off because his wife's been destroyed. Yeah. If you were pissed off that your wife had been destroyed, would you stop in the middle of the match to kiss another woman? <laughs> Do you know, I was actually waiting for Sandman to cane her. Yeah, I really, I really thought that they were just gonna, or, you know, you you've put my wife in hospital. I'm going to DDT or or, you know, something. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be the classic Hulk Hogan sort of double standards where like million dollar man would grab Elizabeth and everyone lose their head. Then two seconds but he later, punches Sherry. Yeah, punches Sherry and hits her of atomic drop, and everyone's like cheering him. Yeah, it's going to go down that route again. But um, yeah, so Stanman did eventually get in the ring. He he did have a a match um, with Okanamura. He defeats him. It was a sloppy match, but it was a fresh match. I didn't mind it because obviously I've seen bits of his FMW work and that through DVDs and that. So it's good to see sort of someone pop up like that. So that was fine. Um, we had the highlights of Balls Tanaka from TNN with the the. Um, the thumbnail, the thumb tack spot. Then we got a weird promo from Balls, basically. We're saying that he's hardcore and this is real hardcore wrestling. And their hardcore wrestling, it hasn't got a five foot four champion. Despite 
Spike being viewed as one of the most hardcore people on the roster. I mean, what was Taz, 5'8"? It's just like... Yeah. But then, in the same thing, they'll say that hardcore wasn't just like garbage matches. 5'9". Taz is 5'9". Yeah, it wasn't garbage matches. It was a style, like strong style kind of thing. Because, you know, Taz was their champion and he never used thumbtacks or anything. None of their champions really have. Yeah. Apart from their Sandman a little bit. But um, anyway, so yeah, it was a fine promo and basically he's just saying he's really hardcore and if anyone wants to contest if they're hardcore, they have to beat him, which is fine. He's he's needed to do something. I mean, he's floating. They brought him back and they don't really know what to do with him. And um, when, all they should do is just throw him with New Jack, like I said, to just go take on the Baldies for a while. Gives him the kind of matches that he wants to do. He makes people happy. And they can beat up um, Vic Grimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, out of nowhere, extreme ball rope match. Jack Victory versus Dusty Rhodes. It feels like we've been surprised by every Dusty Rhodes match outside of the one that we knew about. I, I honestly didn't really... I, I just thought we had a one-shot. I honestly did. And to be fair, part of me still thinks he's sort of... He is, <laughs> because... No, because the, you look at it again, and similar to what we were sort of saying about um, Raven, you've got Dusty Rhodes there. And I honestly think I can maybe remember one promo. Yeah. Like why why is someone not with him? Yeah. Yeah, why is you know Kid Cash or a young Nova or Danny Doran and Roadkill? Why are they not with Dusty Rhodes? Why is it what, what, you know, I know Carino's obviously grown and, and got the rub from the situation, but I don't understand why Dusty Rhodes isn't cutting promos every week. It was just like a minute, two minutes. It just feels like an easy win, didn't it? Well, especially bearing in mind you're, you are continually cutting promos at Tajiri, whose gimmick is that he can't speak English. It could be the Japanese dream. It could be the Japanese dream. But, Joe, it's just like, it's, it's, it's so weird that you've got this amazing guy who's like renowned for just amazing promos. And there's a sort of, yeah. Never cuts anything. Well, we would have had to lose, you know, one or two of Dave Prozac segments. That's right. God forbid, we still have one class in a second. Um, so yep. Dusty did win, though, and that's the most important thing. Dusty's still going strong. Uh, Dorian and Roadkill cut a promo. Dorian's basically shouting the camera, saying that um, they're the best tag team in the world. Then Roadkill sort of says chickens. So, mm. um, I, I, as we were just talking about the, the, the throwing down of the championships and, and then being vacated, and I was trying to remember how long they were vacant for, and I thought it was August, but that sounded like a long way away, bearing in mind we're still at the end of June, uh, end of May here, I think. Um, uh, I'm, and we're talking about it, so surely it's, it's soon. Um, but it is the end of August that, that we finally get new uh, tag champions. Um, 
Now, everything we've seen, all the scene setting we've seen, all of the stuff that we've watched, all of the matches, all the promos, it's a three-way dance for the tag title, for the vacated tag title. Yeah. It's a TV match, because why would you want to, to do that on a pay-per-view? I will tell you, the team that win are Tajiri and Whitbreck. Who do you think the other two tag teams involved in this three-way dance is? Um, Dorian Roadkill. And who else? Nova and Che. Interesting you didn't go with the Baldies, who we've seen and talked about being a, yeah. a, a strong tag team. Yeah. Um, well, I can tell you that the, the teams involved in this three-way dance are Simon and Swinger. Okay. Tommy Dreamer and Jerry Lynn. Oh, wow. <sighs> I, I mean, Tommy, at least Tommy Dreamer and Ray and Sam, man, you can kind of. Yeah. They've got history as a team or anything. <sighs> I mean, I'm assuming we're in for a wild ride in the next two months to explain why Tommy Dreamer and Jerry Lynn are now as a team. Um, the team ranking high enough to actually get involved in a three-way dance for the tag team championship. It's just, oh, I just don't know what they're doing. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking, like seriously, if there's a pay-per-view, I know the pay-per-view is a bit of time away, but what feuds would you say we currently have? I guess you could, just incredible as Tommy Dream is a lock. Who, well, who yeah, it's not quite there, but no, you could do. Yeah, but you could say like that's they—they they are feuding. Yes, it's it's not played out well, but they are feuding. Steve RVD Scotty Anton. Yeah, you can see that happening. But also then RVD Rhino. Yep. But uh, I mean, this is the problem. Also no, RVD that, Jerry Lynn. Yeah, and this is the thing, uh, Carino, Carino to Jerry. Uh, I, I guess it's still Carino Dusty Rhodes. That's not going anywhere. Yep. So we got that. Sandman Rhino. Yep. Um, and the rest would just be filler. Would you like me to run down the card? Yeah, can do. I mean, yeah. To to show kind of where we are with these things. So um the the first match uh the the, the main event is Justin Grable to... and, and, and Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, it's a stairway to hell match. Hell it? match, yep. Yeah. We also do get Scotty Anton and RVD. Yeah. We also do get Sandman and Rhino. Yeah. Um, Steve Carino, Jerry Lynn. Oh, that's the um, the famous die one. Yeah. You can yeah. you can see that in the tangential way yeah, that they're exactly the network helping not helping. That, that's that's building. I could see that exploding. Yeah. Uh, Tajiri, Guido, Psychosis, and Mikey Whitbreck in a four-way dance. Oh, Psychosis return. Mm-hmm. 
eventually comes out to Smashing Pumpkins. And then we've got uh, Balls Mahoney versus Big Sal. Okay. I mean, it's an opener. Fine, fair enough. Um, then we've got a six-man tag. Dawning and Roadkill teaming with Kid Cash against Simon and Swinger and C.W. Anderson. Can kind of see that making sense. Doring and Roadkill have had issues with the new Dangerous Alliance. Kid Cash has had issues with Johnny Swinger. Simon's got a problem with everyone. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Chetty and Nova against the Baldies. Okay, I mean, it's sort of folding out the way you'd imagine it to, I guess. A few little tweaks, but you're not far off the pace with everything that's going but, on. I mean, that six-man tag, six tag, six tag match, that um, tag match there. Um, you know, you you could have easily done something at Heatwave in June, July. Sorry, July sixteenth. Yeah. About the tag championships between all of those. Um, well, rather the than they had, they had the freeway match. It was there. Yep. Or, like we said before, I know he's only he sort of stands straight into a, a world title match, but. Just have Lance Storm take the belts and go, no, he's a mind. And make it a handicap two-on-one match he ends up losing. But he just yeah. he's the tag team champions. But you've got, you know, in essence, you've got four teams there all tied up in matches. Doring and Roadkill, Simon and Swinger, Chetty and Nova, and the Baldies. You know, you could easily have done that as a four-way match. You could easily have done that as a, as a three-way dance. You know, whatever way you want to do it. And you're there. You could still have Kid Cash versus C.W. Anderson as a singles match. You could take someone out of Tajiri, Whipwreck, Guido, and Psychosis to make a different match if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've got, you've got, you know, all your tag teams on the card and none of them fighting for the championship and won't for another six weeks. I mean, they could have even been really like silly and have Lance Storm continue to come up with his tag team belt and said like the impact players were the tag team champions and Dawn Marie's part of the impact players. So they're the tag team champions. Well, this thing, I mean, you know, bearing, so we know Lawrence Storm's gone. Yeah. You're looking around for something to Dawn Marie to do. Dawn Marie could have the tag team championships and she could be scouting to who, her, who the next team she's going to manage and therefore be the tag champions are. Mm. I mean, they, 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 it's just ways, isn't there? It's ways that it could have been so, not just, oh, well, they're gone. I'm disappointed with really. nothing to deal with the situation. Um, anyway, jumping back to the show, Joe Gartner basically talks about cutting to a Raven promo. You hear Heyman over the top throw a bit of shade on Raven, saying that he should go to his website because he loves to talk um, trash to on the internet. internet. Yeah. yeah. No, he loves to talk to the internet. That's it. Um, Joey sort of now has this little sort of smirk on his face, like he's heard something really cool and, and witty. And then we cut to it, the um, the Raven TNN one where he sort of gets up and gets canes and Tommy punches the belt. 
So I do. So, you know, we've talked a, a, at length about, you know, kind of the awkwardness of all this and all the rest of it. However, I will say I still am drastically appreciative of the fact that Francine has something more to do. You know, she's front and centre. She's back to, you know, being the, the, the sassy princess that we, we all love. Um, so from that side, uh, I do appreciate that there's, there's more going on with her than there have been. You know, yeah, it's, it's so much better for Francine. I mean, there is positives because Justin Incredible needed to move up. Yes, Francine and he's great. Francine's in a much better situation. And she needs to be with like Top Hill. Yep. So it's when you get the best out of her. So those two have come out massively. They just haven't. I said, uh, we were talking off air. Raven's basically done at this point. He's not yeah, finished already. A couple of weeks. He's, he's a couple of weeks. He's fed bound. And it's fine. But I don't know. We'll discuss his run in depth near the end. But. Um, yeah, interesting, to say the least. Um, the show finishes with just incredible highlights. Obviously not the original song again, but they did use Adrenaline Rush. And for a bonus point, can you tell me what wrestling company used Adrenaline Rush for their music? I was listening to it and thinking it sounded very, very familiar. Um, if I've found it familiar it means i've watched it more than once if i watched it more than once it's less likely to be something like xpw it's more likely to be something more like wrestling society x or impact tna impact i'm going to go with tna impact yeah welcome to my thought process ladies and gentlemen that's how i got to the answer yeah i think when they went on spike i think this is their um little adrenaline rush Thing just a weird, a weird song, but it's all worked. But obviously, it wouldn't have been the song used at the time, wouldn't it? <coughs> I don't think so. No, I don't think it was even a song then. Oh, that's a fair point, but um, it works, it's better than some of the other ones they've done. They probably just bought it to piss off impact, mm. yeah. Um, might be... to the end of the show and this week's action, Jay. What is your match of the week? And why is it Jerry Lynn versus Jerry? Because um, uh, because Dusty versus Jack victory just wasn't quite where I wanted it to be. Really limited um, matches this year. Uh, this yeah. week in seriousness, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, uh, you know, the triple, th- the, the the six man tag wasn't awful. The Baldies, as I said, are pretty hot. Um, but uh, I I very much enjoyed the pairing of. Lynn versus Tajiri. Imagine how good their matches could be if there was actually a reason why they were having it rather than because one of them used to work for the network and one of them might work for the network and we're not going to say really anything more than that. Um, I thought that Dusty versus Jack Victory was kind of a nice little nostalgia trip. However, um, part of Dusty's absolute brilliance in ECW is obviously the selling of Steve Carino to, yeah. to just bring it up a level. Um, and Jack Victory at this point is, is you know, fairly old in himself and, and just isn't quite as uh, solid in selling as, as, as maybe was needed for that. 
No, fair. I think, um, yeah, can't argue with that. Well, I wouldn't anyway, but I can't argue with that. I think it is, is um, the best match on there. And I said, Dusty, it's cool nostalgia. It's always nice when he pops up because, you know, he's WCW bound soon as well. But, um, yeah, fascinating. That takes us to the end of this week. You can get involved at Unscore Sports Arena on Instagram and Twitter. Um, like you have been doing, just continue to tag us in those ECW uh, posts. We'll be remembering old shows, uh, even wrestlers' birthdays. We always enjoy those ones as well. So just anything sort of ECW custom figures, all a lot. Um, tag us underscore Sports Arena on either either or, and um, we always love to see them. And you'll definitely get a, a retweet and a mention in stories and things like that as well. Absolutely. Um... And it's getting to that point. We know we love. Uh, we've got another uh, pay per view on the horizon. Not here yet. We've still got you know about what, five six weeks to go before we get to Heat Wave. But we love to hear people's memories, mem- thoughts. Um, you know, go back and watch the show. Tell us what you think about it now. Again, twenty two years after it happened, um, and get those ready because we'll be asking for those again just before. Um, we, we sit down to enjoy the heat wave. Um, and, and also, we're only about five weeks away to our second to last Mount Rushmore. Oof. And then we've only got one more Mount Rushmore left after that. So things are heat. Well, I think we probably have to do one at the very end of... Maybe maybe we, we, we do like a show of Rushmores of like, you know, 93, 94, 95. Ooh. Just kind of relive some of the the names that we've seen. God bless like my notes. <laughs> uh well I was I was just gonna go if you hadn't, I was just gonna go back and listen to all of the previous shows available in our archives for free. We really have gone all the way from one to almost four oh one. Um this is where the show ends. So if you are so inclined, then like Scotty Anton, you can clap. But outside of that, just like RVD, that was the whole fucking show. <laughs>